0: This is MuggleCast, episode 13 for October 30th,
1: 2005.
0: Ooh, Ooh Halloween. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Episode 13. Wow, that was great. Good job, everyone. It took us two hours to rehearse for that. Welcome, everyone, to the show, episode 13, that is conveniently placed right on Halloween. Well, not right on. If you're listening on Monday, it's Halloween, and you're thinking right now, wow, episode 13, right on Halloween. That's an unlucky number. I'm Andrew Sims.
2: Oh, I'm Eric Skull.
3: I'm Laura Thompson.
2: And I'm Micah Tannenbaum.
0: This is the show where we bring you the latest in Harry Potter news, theories, discussions, cooking recipes, acne treatments, it's all here. But before we get to anything else, first let's go over to Micah for the past week's top news stories.
2: Thanks, Andrew. All 24 tracks from the fourth Harry Potter movie soundtrack have been posted up on AOL Music. Additionally, WB has launched a great website dedicated to the Goblet of Fire soundtrack. Composer Patrick Doyle said, quote, I'm particularly proud of my score for Harry Potter because it's the biggest commercial picture I've ever done. As part of their promotion for the upcoming film, several of the cast will be appearing on a variety of talk shows in the upcoming weeks. Here's the rundown. The Ellen DeGeneres Show on October 31st. New Goblet of Fire footage will air. GMTV on ITV1 October 31st. 7 to 8.35 AM. Appearances by Harry Potter Teen Stars and new Goblet of Fire footage will air there as well. Dan Radcliffe will appear by himself on the following shows, Friday Night with Jonathan Ross on BBC One, November 4th at 10.35pm, Live with Regis and Kelly on ABC November 10th, and Total Request Live on MTV November the 11th. Finally, taped interviews with the cast will air on the Today Show on NBC November 11th. Check local listings if no time or channel has been specified. For all the new interviews, including the Goblet of Fire press junket from last Saturday, pictures, poster scans, and video clips log on to MuggleNet's main page. Additionally, the u Ball Mini site has opened over at Gobletofire.com, and TLC has a special access link to the Dark Mark Mini site, not yet open to the public. Moving from the silver screen to the courtroom in September, little-known Winnipeg folk group The Weird Sisters filed a lawsuit seeking over $40 million in compensation against Warner Brothers. The same lawsuit affected the people who play in the u Ball band. They did so believing the Goblet of Fire movie contains a scene featuring this band with the same name as theirs. It was announced yesterday that the group have now secured a November 4th court date, where they hope to have the film barred from distribution across Canada. The Polvidori family in Nacogdoches, Texas, have spent the last few days constructing a real-life dark mark. The model, which looks great at night, is 4 by 5 feet and was made out of green rope lights. They have positioned the Erie Mark 7 feet above their house. Finally, wrapping up the news, the blue Ford Anglia that was used in the second Harry Potter movie has been stolen, reports BBC News. Apparently the car had been moved to the Southwest Film Studios in St. Agnes for an exhibition. Police believe the car was towed or trailer-lifted from the scene as it cannot be driven. Quite the contrary. The car drives just fine. Oops, did I say that out loud? Well, anyway, before we go, of a very happy birthday to MuggleNet staffer Catherine, who celebrated her birthday on Friday. That's all the news from our news center in New York for this October 30th, 2005 Halloween edition of MuggleCast. Back to you guys.
0: Thank you, Micah. We have tons of
2: stuff to bring to you this week. So much. Isn't that
0: right, my fellow MuggleCasters? right We're going to talk some HP Halloween, but first... Let's cover a few announcements. First of all, Micah, Eric, Laura... I think, Eric, you've done it. We've all done it. We've signed up for our Frapper map. Yes. Yes? Yes. Yay! Yay! Our Frapper (laughs) map... I found this... (laughs) I found this map service the other day, right after episode 12 came out, um, that lets you set up a Google map that your listeners, or anyone you want can put their little, uh, put a little pin on this map that shows you where you are, and I put it on the MuggleCast page, you can get to it by clicking on, tell us where you live, and everybody's been telling us where they live in the US, and actually in the world. Isn't that cool?
3: Yeah. It's yeah. really,
0: now we know where <laughs> everyone lives, and actually, it's quite intimidating, because Yeah. Yeah, we now, we're like surrounded by people, it's kind of like, uh, I didn't yeah. know people listen to this show.
3: Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of so, weird when you look you at the map and you know... see someone 30 minutes away from you listens to yeah. you on their iPod.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. There's still a couple of states that we haven't conquered yet. Um, like North, da- there. North
1: Dakota. We- there,
0: there's only... We have about 270-ish people right now that have joined into it. But um, if you want to join in, just go to MuggleCast.com and then click on Tell Us Where You Live. And um, you can include a photo and comments. And I think one person said it best. Uh, they said, oh good, now I know where everybody lives in case i got to move out of my house. So now we can all network together and we can just go to each other's houses. Last week we asked you to help us out by voting for us on Yahoo, Podca- Yahoo Podcasts and also vote for us on Podcast Alley. Um, a couple of updates there. First of all, we're number one on Yahoo po- Yahoo Podcasts, highly rated highly rated section. Thanks to Yahoo. you guys, Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> Yahoo. Yahoo. Also on Podcast Alley, we need a new vote from each of you every month because they reset their votes at the beginning of each month. So November is right around the corner. If it's November already, then go to podcast or go to mugglecast dot and click, for, click on, vote for us on Podcast Alley. Since this is our Halloween episode, uh, we sent Jamie and Ben out uh, trick-or-treating. Um, that's what we're going to use as our excuse, and none of you can stop us. Oh, I'd also like to clear something up. There's been rumors going around. Again. We don't hate Ben. Okay, speak <laughs> for yourself, Andrew. Speak for yourself. No, we really don't. <laughs> no, I love um ben. Ben's I've been I I've been a bad host. I we've been sort of acting like we don't like him because uh just the way we would say that and people were thinking, "Oh, how do you if if he's a co-host then why do you have him on if you hate him and blah blah blah." But no, we don't we don't. Ben
1: is him. my f- Right guys. Ben is my favorite
0: Canson. Yeah. He's going to be living with me t- for uh, a week. So, I have to like <laughs> I'm forced to do this. I have no choice. Someone get me out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive to New Jersey, don't pick No, we'll pick you up on our bus route to New York. Episode
0: 12. A lot of you were having problems with it stopping at 30 minutes and 49 seconds. Um I did make a news post, but apparently still a lot of people missed it. Um I think the Error, misleakers, and iTunes. If you're downloading and it cuts out at 30 minutes 49 seconds, go to mugglecast.com and click on Downloads slash Episodes, and in there there is a new version of the show. It's the same exact show, just it has the entire file. So if you want to go back and listen to it, because 30 minutes of us is not enough, you got to get the full thing. Definitely. Yeah, but if,
1: if it's 30 minutes and 48 seconds, that is completely not our fault. Oh uh, that's because if, <laughs> if if it cuts yeah if it cuts out at thirty forty eight I mean
0: no, but anything shorter than um an, an hour, hour something hour fourteen i think s- something I
1: like that it was a long show, but it you know it was funny, um was that we were all talking about, Laura was saying how we don't get closure in life with death, and and, (laughs) then, you know, we were all like, yeah, you know, kids really don't get closure when when their relatives and things die, and then BAM! The episode shuts off, and everybody checks their little iTunes thing, their little iPod, and they're like, huh? What? (laughs) Closure?
0: What? We wanted to demonstrate what we really meant. We wanted to (laughs) get the full feel. That's what it was. But no, the entire show is up on MuggleCast.com. Just click on Downloads, Episodes. And as some of you might know, November is Native American Month, and some of you might have projects for school or may just be interested in the Native American culture. For this reason, the next few shows will be sponsored by PowWows.com. On the site, you can find a forum, a photo and video gallery, information about PowWows, a calendar of PowWows, and much, much more. To visit the site, go to PowWows.com slash MuggleNet, or just go to MuggleCast.com, and we'll have a link right there on the main page. I was on the site the other day, and I'll tell you what, it is a great site for research because it has dancing styles, singing, grand entries, powwow etiquette, and much more. So visit it today, powwows.com slash mugglenet. And finally, one last note. We're growing, guys. We're growing. We're growing. We're growing.
1: I have grown three inches since I started Muggle Cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you bombed. But anyway, we are now in a partnership with MobileCast, which is a mobile podcasting service that is a service that goes onto your cell phone, and then you can listen to and download podcasts right there on your cell phone. And one of those podcasts that you can download and listen to on your cell phone is...
3: MuggleCast!
0: (laughs) No, PotterCast. No, just kidding. It is MuggleCast. So MobileCast is a great new feature. We are – we're not getting paid by them. Uh, we're not paying them. It's we're, – we're doing – we're partnering with them in order to help each other promote one another. And I really think that this mobile – right now we have podcasting. You put it on your iPod. You listen to your own computer, blah, blah, blah. But what does everyone have? Not everyone <laughs> has a cell phone. I mean, <laughs> not, not everyone has that. an iPod. Everyone does have a computer, but what if you want to listen to it on the go? And that's why this new service, I really think, has potential. Because now everyone can listen to it while they're on the road.
1: Andrew, I have a question. So I have a Nokia what? 3120 phone, um, and I was wondering if all phones are really compatible. like Because our shows are pretty long. They're like an hour and 15 minutes. Well, right now this is only... Compatible
0: with a few certain phones. You want me to go through them real quick? They are the Motorola Razor, which every person has almost. Not every person, I but a Nokia. lot of people have. The Motorola Motorola Rocker, which also supports uh, iTunes now, but you can't download podcasts through that. The Nokia 6620, 6630, and 6682. The Sony Ericsson K700, and the Sony Ericsson S710. So if anyone has those phones, uh, MobileCast is a free service. So for more information, just go to MobileCast.com and click on the button that says MobileCast. And the main topic for this week is loop... Oh, wait, no, we aren't going to be dealing looping this week because, um, we- we'll be honest, we announced what character we're going to be discussing on this show too late, and we were expecting a lot of voicemails, Um, but we actually got none, because we didn't give people enough time, I don't think. So, um, at the end of each show, starting with this show, we'll be telling you what character we're going to be talking about a week ahead. So, if you want to get on the show with your voicemails, with your questions, they have to be voicemails. Please don't email them. We appreciate the emails, but we can't air emails, and we, we like being able to play people's voices. So, if you have a question regarding to next week's character, just listen towards the end of the show. We'll tell you what character. And, uh, okay. But, right, instead of talking about Lupin this week, we are going to cover Halloween first off. And then we've got a little more stuff to talk about. Some more stuff to talk about. Halloween it has been such a important part in the Harry Potter books there's been a lot of events that have happened on Halloween. Anyone want to start with some? Eric, you want sure. to go over them? Um... um okay, we'll go
1: the first we'll one go chrono- would be what? chronologically. So the first one would be Harry's parents murder. Yeah? I guess um unless we know something before that. Okay. Okay, so the Um, attack on Harry's parents by Lord Voldemort. And you know what? It's kind of a bad thing to start off on because not only was Halloween a terribly bad thing, but that was the fall of you-know-who, so it's kind of a good thing. But generally speaking, uh, Halloween has not been too happy for Harry. Um, There was his parents' murder, and in the first year, there was the troll in the dungeon which we're going to play an audio clip of somewhere in the show. Uh, second, year. second year was the, what, Death Day? Oh, the first attack. The death Day party, the first, yeah. The first attack on the wall, the writing on the wall of Mrs. Norris, which was funny, but a bad thing anyway, because everybody suspected him. Micah, do you remember what happened right. in 3?
3: Wasn't that when Sirius, oh, Sirius Black, Black, like, right? yeah. broke into the common room?
1: Got it. Um, And in book four, which is a really important one, uh, was the Goblet Ceremony, as Micah pointed out to me earlier, the uh, Goblet of Fire, where Harry found out that he was sentenced to more or less be put through trials and suffering.
0: And we're going to move on to that in a minute, but first of all, um, is is it worth discussing that J.K. Rowling puts these things on Halloween? I mean, there hasn't been any Halloween events in the past two books, probably because... There's better stuff going on than to really mention Halloween, but is there any really good well, question here why she I does it? I think that's
1: really a good question because in book five and six, I think somebody said that Harry's uh, first detention with Umbridge was on Halloween or something like that, so there might still be some kind of connection that we're missing, but I don't think uh, the Halloween are pronounced as much as they used to be anymore in the last two books, so that is a good question.
3: Um, I really always took it as... Didn't she say Halloween was her favorite holiday? So it just... It wouldn't surprise me that she would try to make it more prominent. Because of that.
0: You mean in recent books? I'm
3: talking about when she...
1: Did it to begin
0: with. When
3: she started the series. How Halloween was always far more prominent in the books. um, And she talked about how Halloween was her favorite holiday. So, well,
1: Halloween has really evolved, I think. It's got a lot of decor to it, you know? You think when you think of Halloween, you think of uh pumpkins and ghouls and demons candy. and candy and <laughs> you know and and witches
0: and witches I guess wizards. And, yeah. But so it, so it only makes sense. Personally, I think the um something should have uh um Halloween should have been mentioned in order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince but it didn't
1: happen and um i'm sorry i think they were too busy snogging book <laughs> 6 months too <later.
3: laughs> it's true
1: okay according to flu network flu network.org um states that uh, molly weasley's birthday uh mrs weasley is that was actually born on october 30th which is probably from jkr's site um so mrs weasley was born the day before halloween which is interesting uh could she Possibly meet a bad fate in the future, guys.
3: Hmm. It's possible, uh, but at this point, I think, um, and we all we discussed this last time, no one's safe.
1: <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, They're all doomed. Also, Angelina Johnson. Oh, that's interesting. Angelina Johnson was born the last week of October. Uh, they don't know the exact date, but she, uh. She got attacked in, in Book 6 and nearly died.
0: But um, here's a good question to ask ourselves. Why hasn't Harry made a bigger deal of Halloween? Because it was the day that
1: his parents question. both died. Uh, well, first of all, excellent question. But does he know it was on Halloween? Um, Has anybody actually... He does. Yes. Didn't Hagrid tell him so? I Sorcerer's
0: don't Band? seem to remember that did.
3: Hagrid was terribly precise about the day but knowing my luck, I'm totally wrong, and the comments are going to overflow with people yelling that I should be uh, moved off of the podcast. So oh, I'm come sure
1: on. We, we've, all, we've all had our mistakes. Uh, <laughs> How
3: did we find out of it, well, no. about it in the
1: books, then? Well, no, the Hagrid question told is... told Harry. Yeah, Andrew, the,
3: yeah, the thing is... so Harry does know. Right, between, well, I don't between think we told books, him what date, though.
1: Between the books and the movies, oh. there's a lot of things, and in the first book, Hagrid tells Harry almost everything, even the Voldemort part, right in front of the Dursleys. Like, right in front of them in the books. And that's not in the movies. He tells them in the Leaky Cauldron in the movies. So, there's a significant deal uh, more that Hagrid actually tells Harry in front of the Dursleys in book one, and I think that's important. What I don't know, I don't think it's answered in either the books or the movies, is how Harry knows his birthday. Because I don't know how the Dursleys would know And Dumbledore might have told them, but why would the Dursleys tell Harry his birthday? That would give him something to look forward to. Not if
3: they wanted to use it as just another reason to torment him.
1: Right, but, I mean... Because if he knows when
0: his birthday is, why would he be looking forward to it if he's living with the Dursleys? And if
3: he knows all he's going to get is, like, a sock.
0: Pre-Hogwarts, right, exactly.
1: So what is he looking forward to? I guess, but he was looking forward to it. You know he was looking forward to being eleven, and even though it was crap, it said you know it's not every day you turn eleven so he's looking yeah I mean I just that's don't know true. how he how he knew it because it seemed like an obscure thing for him to know is all I'm saying because they well, I, I, I don't could see were... the
3: jerseys using it as um torment right just some uh, just another thing to uh make him more miserable but uh what i what I don't think they count on is how optimistic Harry is
2: that's true. And to go back to the Halloween thing for just a moment, I mean, perhaps it's made into such a big deal just because when you think of witches and wizards, you think of Halloween. So wouldn't that be a holiday that should just be celebrated naturally in that type of uh, situation? Environment yeah. or
1: genre. Yeah, I think that's that's great.
3: Now, here's a question. This just came to mind. Okay, for Halloween, all we muggles, we dress up as witches and wizards, do you think that witches and wizards dress up as muggles?
0: Do they dress up in the first place? <laughs> oh. <well. laughs> I bet Arthur Weasley
1: does. <laughs> 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 it's muggle day. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I, I I I'd love to see the Ministry of Magic employing a uh muggle appreciation month, you know? <laughs> with the like the prime minister coming over. You know, I don't really think that, that happens, so But they should have Muggle Appreciation Month, and maybe they could learn something and stop dressing like uh, Scarlet Women uh, at all these Quidditch Cup uh, events. So we did mention that on Halloween, uh,
0: the goblet pulling, name-calling, whatever you want to call it. The ceremony. Did occur. Yes. Yes. And Cedric, it just so happens *Goblin of Fire* is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yes. How's that for a crazy conspiracy? Anyone want to crack that one? Sure. Am I going to see an editorial on that one <laughs> in another week?
1: <laughs> well,
0: um, I think Halloween. But we've seen we've seen so much of the movie lately. New videos. Yeah, we really does have. it change your impressions at all? I know for one that it changes mine. And I completely understand why it's not why it's not a PG 13 yeah, movie. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, why it is a PG 13 movie? It's it it just differs so much from the other books, from the other movies. And I think Mike Newell Newell is to credit for all of this. Ferret um,
1: Malfoy down Goyle's pants.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: I <laughs> was curious as to what moment. everyone else thought of that.
1: <laughs> That's, That's like
3: the scene that launched a thousand bad fan fictions.
1: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, Laura. Laura um, you know, Mike Newell. No, really.
3: Looking, uh, watching all these videos, I'm very impressed because the acting skills. When you compare the acting skills we've seen in these these scenes to the Sorcerer's Stone movie, it's amazing how much more in tune the actors Speech. are
1: and intense. You know, they they're portraying yeah. more intense characters and, and doing it right.
0: It's just the humor is there in this movie. Obviously, it's a bit more scarier. Um, one of the clips, even though it's not really a big deal to us, um, there's there's more cursing in here. Harry's, you see Dan Radcliffe playing an older, mm-hmm. more frustrated Harry.
1: Yeah, it's the ferret scene. He says, I don't give a beep what your father thinks. Yep. Right. But he doesn't say beep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a beep what your father thinks, Malfoy. I don't give a flip. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, a, but about the movies, uh, we're, si- I think we're seeing too much. I yeah, I called this a yeah, couple of shows.
0: Ago. Yeah, there's. I think w- Warner Brothers is overdoing it a bit. This 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 time.
1: A little bit, just because we didn't. We didn't get much of POA, and now we're getting, like, the, the best scenes, you know. The most anticipated things are the ones we really wanted to see, including the first, you know, and, and only tra- uh, classroom scene. You know, we're seeing that. We're seeing the Yule Ball. We're seeing Harry and Ron's fight, which I want to talk about in a few minutes. But we're seeing all this stuff, and I want to wait for the movie.
3: I know, and I f- I felt like they were overdoing it with Prisoner of Azkaban because I remember before that came out, there were so many pictures. I still act. I made a screensaver out of it, and it's just hundreds upon hundreds of pictures that were released before that movie. And now we're seeing so many Goblet of Fire pictures, not to mention all these clips. I mean, we've practically seen it.
1: <laughs> it's strange. Harry Potter doesn't need promotion. I think exactly. that's the last thing that does. You know, I mean, if they would have, they would have kept the original trailer. I think people would be a little tired of the original trailer, but at the same time, they'd still be just as excited. Um, and you know, the pictures. But you know what, Warner Brothers has nothing to lose because everyone's gonna go see it
2: either mm-hmm,
0: way. Right, and I think they don't. They're not afraid of putting too much out, and then some people come in the, to the conclusion of, oh. oh, this movie stinks. I'm not seeing. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's Harry Potter. And it's great. Everyone's it is good.
1: It. This looks like the best movie.
2: Well, the one thing that I really didn't like. Was the whole scene with with Dumbledore basically basically shaking Harry to death? After okay, yeah. All
1: right. What's up? Uh, okay, Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon? Question mark? Yeah, I that's like that's him what as we're Dumbledore. talking about because oh, come I, I on. liked
3: I liked Gambon in Prisoner of Azkaban. No, I I'm, really, I sincerely liked him. I thought he did a wonderful job, but yep. now that I'm seeing, I'm a little, I, I'm not going to throw out, you know a full-on judgment on this because I haven't seen the whole movie, but Dumbledore was very calm in the book when when Harry's name came out of the cup. He didn't yell or anything. He just said Harry Potter, and then he said, you know, go.
1: In this one, he backs him up into the big trophy, and he goes, Did you put your name in the goblet? Shaking him, shaking him. And he's like, No, sir, I swear I don't. And he says, Swear to me, swear to me you did not. This
0: is the Dumbledore that I have been waiting for.
1: (laughs) Come well, on! I I mean, but he's seriously. not that way to Harry. That's the thing with Dumbledore. He understands things, and as Laura said, he was calm when he when things happen. When when complete. He's too calm. No, he's not. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I respect Richard Harris. Okay.
3: I honestly I'm like Gambin better. I'm not, than than like I'm not saying I like Richard.
0: I'm not
1: saying I like Richard Harris, but what I'm I mean, I think Richard Harris was a little bit too calm, but Michael Gambon is more too violent. I think because. He's a powerful Dumbledore.
0: This is how Dumbledore is supposed to but be. But he's powerful to the he's wrong suppo- people. I I like the feisty Dumbledore <laughs> because he's the head of but Hogwarts. But he's feisty. He should be angry. He, he should be yelling. You know he's what I t- think t- they're
1: doing? Not at doing? Harry. No. Not at Harry. He's feisty, but to the wrong people. You know, when 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 Dumbledore has to take down the ministry people, yes, he's feisty. That's the that's the uh, Michael Gambon Dumbledore I want to see, but not towards Harry. Good. So you you'll see it in
0: future movies. Do you do you want to see Richard Harris doing the final battle in or well, we in won't. Book, can you well I mean but do you want, could you could but do you want to see, could you picture could you picture Richard Harris absolutely doing not.
1: but do you want do you want Michael Gambon to sit there in in book 5 and say uh, Harry I was an idiot I told I, I held off telling you everything.
3: Yes, cuz he can I do a,
0: he can do mood swings. No, he Richard Harris mood swings. wasn't everything's angry. He, he couldn't get mad.
3: Everything's I don't think he w- What what I think You're... they're trying to do is we I actually remember reading in an interview, I believe it was with Alfonso Coron, uh, don't quote me on that though, that they were trying to in Prisoner of Azkaban channel more of the anger that we saw in Order of the Phoenix from Harry so that there was a little bit of character development there. I think that might be what they're doing with Dumbledore as well. But I think Dumbledore...
0: Developing the character? Yeah.
1: But when stuff goes down, Dumbledore is usually calm, unless he has to fight off the bad people. I mean, here he is shaking Harry and making him swear things, and I think I think it's very important that we see this, this lighter side of, of, of Michael Gammon, because when he does confess everything to Harry, it's going to seem like he's really, like, yelling at him more, you know? And yell- and really, he blames himself, and-, and Dumbledore is a very self-blaming person, but I don't think...
0: But first we have to ask ourselves, was this Mike Newell's decision to have him shake Harry, to be a little, to do a little bit more yelling? Did uh, Alfonso and Mike both take advantage of Michael Gambin being the new actor by making Dumbledore a little bit more... Feistier, being a little bit more angry.
1: I like the idea that what Micah said was that they're adding more contrast to Harry by changing Dumbledore. And I actually did like Richard. Yeah, that worked. And Richard Harris in he Prisoner of Azkaban, I did like. I didn't think there was enough of him, but I did like, you know, the whole, yeah. you know, with the Time Turner scene and him going good night and just leaving them there. Oh, that was perfect. That was funny. But I, I do think he is a little too forceful. I, you know, a little bit. Especially to the wrong people. You know what, Eric? I don't agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine, but... No, I think he should be forceful. But not to Harry. Not to the wrong people. You know? I mean, Michael Gambon can get serious, but... He really can. And I want him to. But not not Harry's. That's all I'm saying.
0: I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The, The Warner Brothers does what they want to do to make the movie more interesting they're not going to keep by putting ra- child uh, dump- abuse michael Gambin being a richard harris they want to take advantage of this new actor by setting by by changing it up by by changing the character of dumbledore and yeah i agree too that it does it does uh also affect harry because yeah this new actor that's putting a different perspective on it
2: i think there is a lot of just uh, actor abuse in this movie especially if you look at the rules or absolute <laughs> clip where Snape just continuously slaps Harry and Ron on the back of the head with a book.
1: Yeah, it's an underlying theme of child abuse. And I mean That's what makes it so
0: funny. It's not child abuse, don't even
1: No, the the try guy it. who reviewed our thing said that it was a scene that was completely out of Snape's character. And though it might have been funny, it was out of character and it was a good scene for Alan Rickman, he wrote, but he just didn't like it because it was not in Snape's character to actually hit somebody. And I I agree. I don't think it is. So I don't know what's quite going on with, you know, Gammon shaking Harry and Snape beating Ron and Harry over the head and just forcefully shoving their head forward into their books. What's going on? Does Mike Newell – was was he abused in, in the boarding school that he went to by these teachers? I mean, I'm thinking Pink Floyd here. I really am thinking Pink Floyd. It's like – you know the meat grinder where they're walking and they jump into the meat grinder and they it's terrible. You know, British schools, are British schools that bad? Please, Brits of the world, email me and tell me if your boarding school was this cruel to you. As Michael Gammon it is to Harry.
0: This is Hogwarts, Eric. The rules are changed.
1: So Dumbledore Anything can abuse can happen. So does Dumbledore can abuse his students because it's Hogwarts?
0: Yes. <laughs> but but moving along here. Yes. Any my my personal pick for this movie is Miranda Richardson. I love that. 47 <gasps> years old. I love her. Oh. Brilliant. She's I'm just this is going to be the like there's always one actor in the movie that I feel just takes command and really is is the one you always get excited about seeing in each scene. This is going to be her. The clips that we've seen so far um I remember reading that her her um I in the um Oh, what was it called? That thing that Warner Brothers put out a couple of weeks the ago. That
2: 51-page thing. <laughs> right.
0: What was that called? I don't remember. Me neither. <laughs> um, I remember reading in a document released by WB um, talking about how they dressed Miranda Richardson in the reader, Rita Skeeter, you know, she had the hair. But in each different scene, depending on what she was reporting on, she wears a different outfit. And it relates to that. Cool. Scene. Oh, that's cool. So I think, yeah, there's going to be like this theme with her each time. Each time you're going to see her, she's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like. I like
1: I'd love to see her she's hairy bashing outfit. very
3: funny.
1: <laughs> she has like a hairy bashing yeah. outfit. And has little lightning bolts right. all over it. <laughs> if only, lightning if bolts, only.
2: tilettos. I think she's just, Ew. Uh, she's just one of those people, like Andrew said, that you know, when you read the books, that's exactly how you picture the way she came up on, yeah. on film. She's
3: perfect;
1: she really is. I like that.
2: How about um, the
0: rumors swirling about um, the new actor actress for Umbridge?
2: Try to look up oh, her name Stone. Right,
3: yeah.
1: Well, that's Imelda Stone. I think I haven't seen. Well, I don't good. think I I've looked seen... at
3: her picture, and um, actually. Uh, well, you know, she's not obviously not all made up in the picture, but her f- just her facial expression and the way Has yeah I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how she turns out because it she, her facial expressions just look exactly like I imagined Umbridge to so I mean I, I'm him, not him. trying to insult her but No,
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> the biggest insult no but um no that's the thing when when you walk to somebody and and you say you know you would make a great you know, evil person, or you were the the perfect evil monster, you know, it's not very... It's not a compliment, but... At the same t-
0: I think in Order of the Phoenix, she's going to be that actress who everyone's going to be looking forward to yeah. mm-hmm. seeing in each... Because, uh, you know, especially when I was reading that book, the Umbridge oh, yeah. scenes, you got afraid. Umbridge? You were... And
3: remained. at the same and time, you just you had looked a hate for, for At her. the same time, you looked forward to them, too. Because you knew she way. was
1: going to meet a that,
0: sticky end. That's a good question. When I was reading... Book book five, every time Umbridge did something, you know, one of those new orders, I was literally... I got so mad. Furious. Yeah. Absol- yeah. No, Umbridge... Is that... It will be a good movie if this a, Imelda Stoughton will be able to portray the same character and make us feel the same way as we did with the mm-hmm. books. Yes, Umbridge... That is when we'll know if she's Yeah, successful.
1: Umbridge was the only character... Did I ever recall actually beating my pillow after <laughs> reading a scene the her?
0: Everyone had a hate oh. for her. It was amazing how J.K. Rowling can write this. It was a this. genuine... So people will... Hatred. Yeah. It was, gen- it was a genuine hate.
1: It was the only character that I really... I mean, I don't like, you know, Fudge and stuff, and and, and Scrimgeour, you know, is but an idiot. But I but, hated Umbridge. Uh, but Umbridge. Umbridge was... Her. And and her hem-hem, hem-hem, every time she did that. And and I, I have the audiobook to that, and it's hem-hem oh my god you just want to beat her face in and be like uh, I can, and
0: go, that, that's probably a fun one to listen am, to am,
1: am, am, push, 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 die shut up <laughs> sorry please cut that out Andrew
3: <laughs> it's too bad Harry no, but... didn't know "Sectum Sempra then
1: oh <laughs> oh somebody write a fanfic where he just meets up with Umbridge <laughs> and "Sectum <and> Semper's <laughs> her <laughs> I don't I don't, uh, I don't yeah. know Anyway, can, yeah, please, I don't want to be that forceful in the actual cast. <laughs> but I really did hate it. <laughs> oh, I thought it big. was good. <laughs> um. Okay. okay, Harry and Ron's fight. Can we talk about that in Goblet of Fire? Because we do have the clip where it supposedly starts. Um. But I have to say, for one, that I was disappointed in, in the way... It seems that Ron, you know, he's upset with Harry, but in the scene where he confronts him, it's not necessarily very forceful or as forceful as it should be because then we see the other three or four clips I think there is where like the repercussions of their fight happens and it seems really drawn out and it seems like there wasn't that big of a bang to to support Ron you know not talking to Harry and and Hermione having to be their owl between them like you know in the other scenes I don't think that the fight was that big the actual scene where they're in the dormitory
3: See, that scene, it, it was alright to me, but the scene that really bothered me was where Hermione was playing Messenger Girl. I think that's cute. I didn't like it because in the book, Ron is just flat out ignoring Harry. He's not going to come and tell him Hagrid's looking for you. He just, he didn't want anything to do with him. Nobody so I feel, sh- like, mm. I feel like in a way he wouldn't want to give Harry that he wouldn't want to help him, especially since in the other clip that we see... Um, in the movie, it looks as though Ron knows about the dragons. Well, I, I don't, don't think think he did in the book, did he?
1: I'm not so sure. So
3: he would obviously, in the movie, theoretically, know that Hagrid was going to show Harry the dragons, and since he's so mad at Harry about the tournament, why would he? It was taunting. Want to... Why would th- he want to uh, come and? give him that information but it
1: was taunting it wasn't helping him it was more like i know something you don't but since you're the almighty powerful king who hoodwinked the goblet you might as well know this too and i think you know the whole the whole fact that i think ron just wanted to take harry off and let harry know that he was still upset with him by getting hermione to say that because y- you know you know what i'm trying to say i mean i guess i
3: i do but also i can't see hermione um supporting do, that. Do, doing that either especially when they're standing 15 feet apart because wasn't, it seems like there was one point in the book where Harry said, was walking around the lake with Hermione and he said, well, you can tell him, and Hermione was like, no, I'm not going to tell him anything. You yeah, tell that, him yourself. That, that's
1: true. She is she is supportive of them getting, you know, back together in and talking to each other, so she mm-hmm. probably wouldn't what I paid more attention to, and I think that's probably why the scene played the way it did, was Emma's acting. A few episodes back I said I wanted to see a more book smarts Hermione, and I actually think that we are getting a little bit more of that. Because the scene with Hermione and Harry on the bridge, where she's explaining, you know, Victor as this physical person, she uses some kind of mm-hmm. big word that I don't even know what it is. <laughs> um, and I, I know some words, but so she's she's using this and and displaying her knowledge. And I think the whole owl owl thing was a great simile. Even if you didn't like the scene, the whole I'm not an owl. She is sending messages, just like an owl. So I thought it was a great... You know, it sh- it shows a little bit more smarts on her part. So I was happy. That's what I paid attention to in that scene,
2: I, was Emma. I agree with you, Eric. I don't think this scene was as powerful as it should have been. Because it's really the first fight that we see between these two friends, essentially.
1: And it's it's supposed to last the whole... I mean, a, a long time. And it, and the, the resolution is supposed to be crazy good. And right. for Ron... Ron just sits down in bed, and he goes to sleep. He's like... Harry. He comes you know, off as
3: being more hurt. Yeah,
1: than, than anything. Than, than angry hurt. It's too toned yeah. down.
2: And that's what. It, that's what I think.
1: And I don't think Harry.
0: Well, this is another victim of what we like to call "Calvin of Fire," lasting 147 minutes, or is it 43? No, but
1: the fight no. could have lasted. Well, what could have happened is.
0: No, th- that's the point. It they can't make it last. On well, these time restrictions where they have to cut things down then
1: they should have made it that Ron goes up to his you know the dorm and slams the door in Harry's face and he doesn't get to defend himself. He you know something like that. What happened was Ron lays down and and he says that thing to Harry and Harry has time to defend himself. He actually sits there going Ron you're wrong. I never do this and I never do that. And Ron just looks at him in that hurt Ron face. And he lays down and goes to bed. And Harry feels like he's been treated in injustice. But I just don't think it's powerful. I think they could have done a more powerful scene in a shorter amount of time.
3: I agree. Um, I I really think that the scene in the book was very powerful because you have Harry was standing there struggling to try and get that banner that they'd tied around his neck off, and Ron just sits there and watches him. And that just, I mean, I can't imagine the kind of pressure that you have even... It is your best friend, but you you have to realize when they're not getting up to try and help you, and they're just sitting there and watching you with this, just this look of...
1: It's terrible. Yeah. And here Ron is giving him time to explain himself and not believing a word. And it is injustice still, but at the same time, I think it would have been much more effective if he just came up and said, oh, you know, you wouldn't tell your best friend. And then that would, you know, spark Harry into argue, you know, fighting back. I don't think there was that much for him to fight back to. I mean, it was wrong, but it wasn't like... Ron wasn't hurt, like, angry hurt.
3: Mm-hmm. He was just hurt. Well, in the book, Ron just wouldn't listen. He
1: yeah, snapped it, it,
3: his curtains shut.
1: <laughs> exactly, which was, you know, completely, like, unfair and in his face. But this one wasn't... It was in Harry's face, but it wasn't that powerful. So I don't know if the friendship thing will actually be up to par or up to believability because, you know, Ron has to go ignore Harry and there's that whole scene with Hermione and the owl and all that stuff... But I don't think if that's the only really big confrontation they have I, I – you know what? What I wanna know if they have that scar comment in where you know Harry says oh, that was, it's what you want oh, anyway. I hope. Because that is what I think that that's gonna be the only thing that that might bring their fight up to believability if they have that big that's a big line clash. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. So if that happens I'll be happy. But I'm worried that it won't be believable.
2: No, I I agree with you. Like you said, it it wasn't powerful enough and, and maybe there is something after that point that we didn't see that will lead to a little bit more of an argument, but um
1: otherwise I think it'll dwindle. Exactly. We have the unforgivable curse beginning of that one, yeah. the classroom
3: which uh, was where the trio are in the library.
1: Oh yes. That's interesting. But there's, Dum- I just, I saw that one right after I saw Dumbledore shaking Harry, so <laughs> then he comes to tell them, to, or no, who wait, who comes to tell them to get in the, uh, I don't know, I remember Moody. because I was, I was so shook up about, about <laughs> Dumbledore, I was like, oh my god, everybody is against Harry, even the good guys, so there's the scene where, um, where Barty Crouch Jr. Ca- uh, casts the Dark Mark, but. I didn't like it because what happened was it was the fires had been extinguished and there was like nothing left of the campground and then, you know, Harry is dazed and confused and stuff and he doesn't have his glasses on. But so what happens is Barty Crouch Junior just walks up and there's nobody around and he walks up and he lifts it up into the air and he says, More's Mordra and then it comes out and that's that was the end of the clip. But I thought it was very atypical and and, and different from the book because in the book book so much is Um. happening and you know it's this big you know it's this big thing where nobody knows who anybody where anybody is and it's this big hustle and bustle but in the movie nobody's around and he just comes up and not to
3: mention if he does it in front of Harry then um, there's not going to be any doubt whatsoever as to it uh, not uh, being winky
1: no yeah right well, Winky's cut out of the movie, and Harry didn't have his glasses on, so he doesn't see who actually conjures it. But my problem was that he conjured it so calmly, and not really in revenge. Like, and and what what I don't think happened is I don't think it scared the Death Eaters off, because from the look of the scene, they were long gone.
3: Hmm.
1: Which is which is really a shame, because the Dark Mark was used to proclaim his, you know, loyalty to Voldemort, and from the look of things, the fires were long gone, and so were the Death Eaters.
2: No.
3: It's kind of disappointing. Along those yeah.
2: same lines, you you just mentioned Winky not being in the movie. Have we heard anything about Dobby being there or not no, being there?
1: No, uh, no elves are uh, at all. Not, not they, at all. W- yeah, one of the reviews we got on MuggleNet that we posted um, said that there were no elves whatsoever. Hmm. Um, which is which is one thing I should bring up, I guess, um, because we didn't. I would have we seen any like effects from the first two movies in the third or the fourth movie? You know, we've seen some of the same actors, but as far as the effects, we didn't see... I would like to see Dobby again, because it's a good tie between the fourth and the second movie.
2: Well, he was yeah. also and, uh, instrumental in the second task.
3: He yeah. was, but then they made
1: that I novel, mean, so that that's okay. Um, but my problem is that I don't think that the films kind of blend together as films anymore, because we stopped having John Williams doing the, uh, the you know, the, the sound, the music. Yeah,
0: but don't don't even say that that's going to affect it. He, he that's not going to. Do you really think John Williams not composing the music no, is going to No, I affect I like the, the new
1: film? music, but what I was saying, Andrew, was that um we haven't seen we don't get to see Dobby again. So there's really no tie besides the actors to the first two movies of Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. So that was okay. my only like and I I believe the Marauder's map isn't in movie 4 either. So there's no tie pro, like prop tie or creature tie. You know, Hogwarts has changed, and and there's just no. Besides the actors, there's nothing similar about the movies. It seems.
0: Well, this is what happens when there's director switches, yeah, and, and there's the right. problem
1: of time constraints. Like where? Like underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like underwear. Well, I hope they change their underwear more than uh, once every two years.
3: <laughs> you you know what I meant.
1: I know what you mean. <laughs> wow. Steve Cloves, how often do you change your underwear? Well, I change it like I change movies. Um. <laughs> Does anyone
0: want <laughs> Alfonso to direct... Yes. ...another body? Oh, movie? Oh, yes. Really? Really? I really? do.
2: Really? I
3: loved Alfonso. Really? I loved him. he no, put,
0: well, I give him credit, all the credit in the world, for finally making that switch with the actors to, from the cloaks all the time and being all perfect and wizard to... Now he turned them into regular average teenagers. He did that
1: and I will credit him with that. But which I thought good. he did it a book I thought he did yeah. it a book too early. I think we needed love because book 3 is all about love. Mm. I thought he did it He did do it though, which is why I think God of Fire will be such a great movie is now that, you know, act, they can all act as as regular teenagers. But I I kind of lose faith in, 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 in movie 5 if he was directing because who knows how many scenes from book 5 would be cut out and he'd still be doing things like the bird into the whomping willow
3: what I liked about Alfonso was that and this is totally just me but now when I watch Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets I fall asleep yeah. I get bored yeah. <laughs> and when yep. I watch Prisoner of Azkaban I don't get bored and what I credit him with is he is he really made the movie a good movie. It's not necessarily he's honestly, I would love to see someone like Terry Gilliam get a hold of a Harry Potter movie. That would just please me to no end.
1: Sorry, Terry Gilliam.
3: But, what? Terry Gilliam. Yes.
1: Who is Terry Gilliam?
3: He is one of the, uh, the Pythons, Monty Python.
1: Okay, cut that out. I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, wait a minute. No,
3: he's directed some. Just oh, okay, because I love was cool. I, and I also think that he really got the ac- The actors just, they really. Well, I, I
1: think I know. You, you, I mean, the actors like like Kenneth Branagh is an awesome actor, and he did he did such a great job in Chamber of Secrets, and it's that you know the actors were able to act different ways for both. Chris, uh, Chris Columbus, and for Alfonso, uh, for Alfonso, and I mean, I I think that's cool, and I, I I do like POA. I think it, but I treat it as a different movie. I treat it as an, I treat it as art, and I think Alfonso really wants us to to treat his film as art because it mm-hmm. really is.
3: I agree. As a film, I love it as a film. Obviously, there it wasn't one hundred percent true to the book. Of course not. There are a couple of scenes about it that bothered me. I thought the Buckbeak subplot was just came very the rushed. World. <laughs> <laughs> corny. Yeah, it that was pretty corny. But <laughs> you guys want to hear a funny
0: story?
1: Yeah, sure, sure.
3: sure.
0: So um I went to see the movie, The Day Came Out, Prisoner of Azkaban. And first of all, I, I, I was kinda of disappointed by this movie. And so Aww, about suck. um oh I'd say well, it was towards the end, little did I know. So I went to the bathroom and I came back. And the credits were rolling, and I was like, no, I missed the end!
1: <laughs> and it was the most depressing thing. So, and then you saw the end, and you were like, oh my god, why did I cry over that? So,
0: so just a month ago, <laughs> I finally saw the end of it, because I haven't watched it since. <laughs> and I got all excited, because I'd never see the, I never the. I had forgotten that I missed the end. And when I saw it, I was like, wait a second, was that a
1: deleted scene? <laughs> Should I post this on MuggleNet? <laughs> it was, Should I post, because... <laughs> no, it ends with him smearing across the screen yeah.
0: Bugs Black Can you
3: imagine what it must have been like to be in the front row For that
0: <laughs> First of all, let me just say I had an overwhelming disappointment With when I came back and the movie was over And I had missed the <laughs> ending Because what was especially disappointing is that It ended so suddenly The ending was not good I, don't I think, think the
3: ending could have been better yeah. As the... a whole, the fire I liked bolt. Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie far more than the first two.
1: I didn't. I liked... I mean, one of the thing. I think one of the things that makes it easy to be treated as an art film is because mo- the, the third book had all the really cool c- you know, CGI and the art effects. Like, they had Buckbeat, they had the Marauder's Map, which was then mm-hmm. turned into the credits, and we kind of see that Mike Newell now with the review that we got on MuggleNet, that the... Uh, he says the credits of Goblet of Fire um, are actually stuff flying out of the goblet. Like like little papers fall, is flying it? out of the goblets and cool. everything. Well, that yeah. would
0: explain why it lasts fifteen minutes. <laughs>
1: well, I think I think it's cool, um, you know, that they do that, but because they're taking off of what Alfonso did, which was great. But movie three really did have a lot of all the like the werewolf and the Whomping Willow and the, the Marauders. I map, didn't like the werewolf. I didn't personally either, but the I fact thought is, it looked like it did like it, a
3: hairless it a, chihuahua or something. <laughs> <laughs> <It> <laughs> Your <did>. greer
1: Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, Okay, but they did have all the... And the night bus, and you know all that stuff. It was a very artsy film, so I think it it was was. very... It was very appropriate for Alfonso to to turn it into that because of all the special effects. But we did lose story in there. Oh, we
3: did, definitely. And I I think the most disappointing part about Prisoner of Azkaban was the fact that we didn't find out all that much about the Marauders. And I read somewhere that um, that was... They were planning on revealing more of that in Goblet of Fire, but if there's no Marauder's Map,
1: which is yeah, um, yeah, I think if there's, I think in book five or movie five, sorry, what they need to do to bring the the movie series together is in book five have a really good scene with Harry and Sirius and Lupin. Mm-hmm. I think that's like there should, and I hope they do the Pensieve scene with Snape. The thing that they need to do, and I think it's very important. Is to in order for them to include the part about Harry and his family, in order to include his love for them at all, they must do the Pensieve scene with Snape and Lily and all the Marauders' as kids. Yeah. And they, and they need to have Harry confront Sirius and Remus in the future and say, "What was my father like?" Because I think that's so important. Harry's love for his parents is so important, and they don't have it in the movies. And it's it's, it's it they're is. running out of opportunities. They really are running out of opportunities. To my put it. biggest and, problem. Sorry. Now keep going, Micah.
2: Well, was exactly what Laura said um, with *Prisoner of Azkaban*. Definitely the whole Marauders being left out because I think if you look at it, it's kind of like, well, how did Lupin know how to use the map after he took it from Harry? You know what I it's mean? Or how did he know? How did he yeah. know what it was? How did he know what it did when he was yeah, explaining only- it to him in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom after he took it away?
1: Right not only is it is it uh, not mentioned but it's now a plot hole because of that because right. they they still made him you know yeah. do that so uh... I think
3: the thing is um Prisoner of Azkaban especially was definitely a film geared more towards the fans and the people who knew why everything was happening that was happening because I will admit there were people in my theater who were totally bewildered there was one girl sitting behind me when Hermione punched Draco, and she was like, why is she so mad at him? And I just wanted to turn around and be like, well, duh, he's Draco Malfoy, but well, you know, it's obviously funny. she hadn't read the books.
1: Well, it's funny because, <laughs> Laura, you say that it was a movie geared towards the fans because they didn't have to include the uh, the Marauders' subplot and stuff. But other people say that it's a movie geared towards the non-fans who didn't see the movie or didn't read the books because it's a sit-through movie with none of that backstory.
3: I think it's geared towards non-fans in the, in, in the fashion that I think, uh, for instance, like I said, the first two movies put me to sleep now. But um, I, I think it was definitely a better film to keep people's attention. But I do think that in the sense that fans knew why all of what was happening was happening, in that sense, it was geared towards fans.
2: I had to watch this movie more than once before I actually appreciated it. And, I, I mean, I don't know why that was, but the first time I watched it, I was just... I just didn't like it but the more and more I watched it the more and more I enjoyed it and I mean that's just something I can't explain I guess
1: I think Chris Columbus's films have a built-in sense of enjoyment um, to them that's very powerful and strong and I think Chris really as a director uses his actors to give him that like you know Kenneth Branagh you can sit and watch that scene and Kenneth does, does a great job because he's such a great actor, and it really fuels exactly, I, the yeah. scene in the movie, and it keeps it going, and there's a happy story to it, so it's a lighter type of mood. And I think with Alfonso, he, he, had, the, uh, he had the humor with Aunt Marge you know, floating, mm-hmm. and when Harry gets his trunk and he walks out and she's still <laughs> floating, that was <laughs> – and I missed that. In the movie, I missed it. It was so funny because everybody was cracking up laughing, and I missed—I didn't see her floating. <laughs> and I had to ask everybody, about, "What just happened?" And then they told me, "Oh my God, Aunt Marge was there." And I was like, "Oh my God, that's so funny." So he did have humor, and and you know, but it was—it's was slightly different. It's a different kind of humor than what Chris Columbus was, uh, had. Um, you know, it was more—it was more built into the uh, the feel of the movie.
2: Right. The first time I saw it, it was just kind of like, "Huh," you know, "What just happened?" <laughs> Because it's like you guys said, there's so many things that are missing. If if you read the books and you know, you know that they're not there in the film, that I really did have to go back and and watch it a couple more times.
1: But it is an art film, and it
0: is you definitely.
1: Know. Well, on
0: that note, I think it is time to wrap it up for Aww. this part of the discussion. <laughs> See how long have we been going for? Oh, jeez, an, an hour, hour. And one hour, and
1: seventeen minutes. Yeah, I'm
0: glad
2: I got that new transcriber.
0: Okay, well so <laughs> we're all bored of Gobble to Fire now. Alright, so now it's time to get to our weekly segments that we do produce here each week on MongoCast that make this show shine. First off spy on sparts. Ooh. Dun dun dun. Ooh. Looking at AM right now we will find that Emerson is costume shopping.
3: Let's take bets on costume. what he's gonna be.
0: Ooh, ooh Napoleon ooh. Dynamite. Oh, I yeah. suck at that. That's a good I, idea.
1: I see seen Napoleon Dynamite. But he's been gone for like 3 hours now. So, if he can't find a, a Dynamite costume, I don't know. Maybe he's actually no, you know what? He's tailor fitting the uh the golden uh suit or whatever. That uh you know, the golden brown that everyone. Right. No, right, he's he, you he, completely. he's at a dance instructor learning how to do the dance. <laughs> 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 That's what he's doing. He has his wig
0: okay well that was fun and still <laughs> on the topic of halloween i'm going to continue my weekly challenge to you it's now three week weekly challenge to you which is to dress up as one of us whether it's micah laura eric ben jamie kevin or even myself we have a big group of mungo casters i just realized
3: yeah, if you do. dress up as me i'm so sorry <laughs>
0: You already got <laughs> yes. one picture, right? You already got one yeah, girl sending something uh, in.
3: I, Yeah, one person. And I, I'm, just, I'm sorry if you really want to be me for Halloween. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to... One important thing here is to take pictures. Take lots of pictures if you dress up as one of us. I've already gotten a few emails of people saying they're going to dress up as me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sincerely apologize in advance because nobody's going to know who you are. Except for your friends, I guess. Um, so, take your pictures, then email them to... Challenge at staff.mugglenet.com, and then we will post them in a photo gallery, so everyone can see them. So be forewarned, they are going to be posted online. So by sending us the photos, you do agree to having them posted online, unless you email me and say, or well, email challenge at staff and say, hey, um, don't post my photos, but here you guys can check them out.
1: We have to see them to get points. <sighs> Okay. Um, actually, I have a listener challenge. Um, since Halloween has really brought this uh, thing into perspective, the Gobble of Fire just around the horizon, um, I was thinking that if you are coming to the premiere in New York City, um, if you could possibly make a shirt, a t shirt uh, about Mugglecast to wear to the uh, Barnes Noble, um, if you could do that, that'd be really cool. Because I know everybody really has a. There's, everybody's got to have this costume. I mean, sorry, this t-shirt shop, custom t-shirt shop in their, their hometown, just make one with the quote on it or something. The best thing you love about MuggleCast. Right. And if you can, make,
0: a, maybe you want to make one or two extras for us, give them to us. Oh, That'd yes. Cool. By all means, give us your We'd t- t-shirts. We'd wear
1: Yes. I will wear, if I get 365 t- MuggleCast t-shirts made from your fans, I will wear one every day of the year. <laughs>
3: Aww.
0: That's so nice. And it doesn't even and, have to um, be about me.
1: It can be a quote from Ben or something, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I will wear it.
0: We are still working on some things for the show. Um, I'm a
1: medium, by the way, an adult medium.
0: Oh, yeah, same here.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, go <laughs> ahead. Just keep moving on. Sorry.
0: Um. So anyway, um, we are looking into – well, for one, now that we have sponsors, bo- sponsors, sponsorships and such – um, we are going to start spending a little more money on the show, because it's all for you guys. Uh for you, except for that singing. We are going to start upgrading <laughs> some stuff. Um, we're going to be looking into a toll-free number, so anyone can send us a voicemail. And call we'll in. We'll play them on the air. Yeah. It'll be nice and easy. Um, And then, also, we're looking into a P.O. Box, because... We like free stuff. So by creating a P.O. box that you guys can mail stuff to for us, you can do it easily. We don't want to give out your home addresses. Our home addresses. We trust you, but we don't trust that other guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the one in the corner, outside Mm -hmm. the window.
2: He's out there again. (laughs) (laughs) Micah, Micah, beat him up, up, Micah. All
0: right. (laughs) So on that note, um, one last reminder, our Lego contest, in partnership with MillionairePlayboy.com, is still running. All you have to do is go to MuggleCast.com, and in the show notes we have a link to information about the contest. Basically what you do is you build your own Lego scene from related to Heplod Prince, and the winner will receive two Lego sets. The contest runs through November 4th, and the winners will be, na- will be announced on our live show on episode 15.
1: You know what's really funny, Andrew? What's that? I'm going to take my Ron Lego and a girl Lego, and I'm going to glue their faces together. And that's going to be Ron and Lavender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I think Excellent.
0: Will Excellent. And, and don't I- forget, everyone, to sign up or add yourself to our Frapper map. Frapper map once again <laughs> go to mugglecast.com click on tell us where you live and don't forget powwows.com is an excellent site for native american information Her- yes most importantly powwows we'll be yes. talking about them throughout the month so next week we will get back to our regular character discussions where we look at one specific character in depth next week we will be talking about sheenie weasley so send in your Ginny Weasley, Ginny Weasley, Ch- Ginny Weasley. So send in your Ginny Weasley, Oh my God. Ginny, Weasley, Ginny Weasley. So send in your Ginny Weasley questions to voice at staff.mugglenet.com. Please send in voicemail questions and keep them under 30 seconds. Or if you have any other questions related to any other Harry Potter books or maybe a theory or a discussion, send those in to the same address, voice at but it is important to keep them under 30 seconds. That wraps up the show. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims.
1: I'm Eric Skull.
3: I'm Laura Thompson.
0: And I'm Micah Teneman. We'll see you next week for episode 14. Here now is another remix sent in by Ralph.
2: Are you ready for this? This is MuggleCast, episode 10 ben, for October 9, ben, ben, 2000.
0: Ben. It's quarter yeah. after one in the morning. It's Sunday night. Just, just get
2: no, i want to go to bed too this is my first time editing this is taking all day <laughs> what is wrong with you i'm falling asleep
0: right here me too the music's running out uh, quick hurry <laughs> melissa and <Ellie> from the dash leaky dash cauldron.org <laughs> leaky dash what did you say leaky dash the leaky, dash. Dash,
3: leaky oh. dash cauldron the leaky cauldron find the address on google <laughs> We have a
0: lot of in it. when your telescope. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I oh. don't want to get off
1: topic. That's never happened.
3: <laughs> never.
1: <laughs> no comment.
0: Uh, Micah? Yeah? <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, are, um, you
1: supposed
0: to be here this week on the show? I mean, we didn't have you scheduled in or anything.
1: But people ask me if MuggleNet's going to close after the seven books released The answer is I'm, yes.
0: You know, yes, so we are this. closing.
1: <laughs> what, we're closing? I'm not closing. I will be I with my caption contest and a stick. Well, I'm closing Leaky.
3: This challenge is that MuggleNet and the Leaky Cauldron will compete against each other in a trivia challenge. Hopefully, I would love for it to be hosted by Steve Van
1: What were you talking about? Last episode, you were all like, oh, we love each other. We're like buddies. We hang out daily. And now you're challenging us. We We can compete in trivia and still love each other.
2: A friendly competition. Yeah,
1: well, you were complaining about the fans who were trying to start things between us. And now you're like, I challenge you all. There's Uh, nothing bad about
3: (laughs)
2: about this.
1: It's (laughs) it's a fun thing. Now you're backing out, you cowards. A friendly (laughs) competition. It's a fun thing. It would be a friendly I think it would be a lot of fun. But John's not allowed to compete. Presented as, If it were presented as that, you know, to begin with, instead of, like, I challenge you. Computer,
0: please locate all whore crime. Term not found. But, but, John know he said it.
1: Doo dee do, do, yeah, do,